so much beautiful diversity through the week. It was really a bit of a reset for my songwriting brain. I, I just really kind of got drawn towards uh, electronica somehow. Yes, I definitely do it again. I loved it. I, I loved, loved it. it yeah, so which is much. really like, which is really lovely. But for it's me, such a bop. Hi, and welcome to the How Did You Write That Song podcast. I'm Paul Marsh. In this series, I'll have conversations with people who write songs. And I'll try to find out from them why they do it, how they do it, what sorts of things get in the way of their songwriting, and most importantly, how do they feel about their songs once they're finished. So if you're a songwriter, or someone who would like to write songs but hasn't started yet, hopefully this podcast will be of interest to you. Let's get into it. So welcome back to part two of this special episode of How Did You Write That Song about the seven days, seven songs in seven days songwriting challenge that um, some of us participated in. Um, and this is this part covers the second half of the week. So the week was progressing, Ryland. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, uh, we've spoken a bit about the the challenge and the concept of it and some of the uh, different roadblocks that we faced in the previous episode. Uh, but in this episode, I think we're going to focus more on the, the back end of the challenge because as the week went on, uh, things were very interesting. We heard a lot more experimentation as participants looked for new ideas and I think we generally had more unique songs in the second half of the week as well. So, Paul, for example, from you, you really like a narrative-driven uh, song and it was awesome to hear you uh kind of break out of that mold not saying there's anything wrong with the narrative driven songs but hearing you try some new things was really exciting to to listen to yeah and how is everyone else feeling scott how are you feeling about the uh the second half of the week having having got the you know got up to speed on the first few days yeah the, the second half of the week was both easy and hard so it was really good to be in the habit of writing songs and even like as much as the technical things because by the time you finish work and get home and start writing you've typically only got three hours so um to actually like even use garage band a bit more efficiently was like just being in the practice of getting it down was really good but of course as the week goes on your your mind is buzzing because from creativity and it's very hard to find new songs because you've got all the others other songs you've just written and some of those are really happy with mm. flooding through my head um definitely i found yeah pushing yourself there was also, I think, as for me, as part of the reason to do this was to definitely try and challenge myself um, as a songwriter. And I definitely feel that I have a particular voice to my songs. Um, Ryland actually teases me quite a lot for some of them, all sounding the same. So I was... You just use the same chords all the time. Yeah, the, the, the best three chords. Why would you use anything else? So I was like almost like going out of my way to kind of try and make the most of this opportunity to try to be very experimental. And especially I remember coming into Saturday thinking, okay, it's Saturday. I've got the whole weekend now, no three-hour restriction. I've really got to push myself. Mm. So the pressure really built on me as I went to try and push myself out of my voice. And uh, Jasmine, did you find it became easier or harder to write as the week went on? For me, it was a bit of a bell curve. So the week started off easy, got harder and then got easier again. So 
It was easy and got harder as I ran out of ideas, but then it got easier again as I saw all this inspiration from the other amazing songwriters that were in that group as well. Yeah, and that was also my my reflection that, um, yeah, it started out okay and then, yeah, I ran into this real block and I was also taking all these great sort of uh, leads from others and starting to think, oh, I could maybe try and write a song which is quite different to what I might normally do. And, um, yeah, I think uh, the momentum that built up for me was a lot to do with the hearing all the fantastic stuff that everybody else was doing. And and sort of by by the end of the week, that was just like a huge, great sort of tidal wave, I thought, uh, just all of that inspiration from, from other people. So, Paul, you got into the experimentation pretty early on. Uh, we heard a bit of your first song, your Monday song, Velociraptor, in the last episode. Uh, but I thought I'd play a bit of your Tuesday song, Firefall, oh. which uh, Jasmine and Scott, I don't know about you, but when I heard Firefall, I was blown out of the water. Amazing. Mm. Firefall was a real um, imperative for me to pick up my creative game, so oh. to speak, Paul. That was, I think that really, Monday I definitely found myself sticking very within my comfort zone, just like trying to meet the, the goal, the challenge, just to get something out on time that was a song. And listening to your Tuesday song made me realise that, no, that I've really got to push myself. Well, that's very kind of you. I, I just really kind of got drawn towards uh, Electronica somehow on Tuesday. Not quite sure why. Anyway. Have we hyped it up enough? <laughs> Let's hear a bit of Firefall from Paul Marsh. And it shows you kind of like the, the challenge is not just about songwriting, but it's really about listening more than anything else. And that that's the key thing to it. And um, sometimes listening and sometimes directly copying. So the day after Paul put out that electronica song, both Ryland and I, I think independently, both. Without wrote, discussion. Without discussion wrote, I, it was definitely the first dance song that I've written in my entire life. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was completely inspired by Firefall. I was like, wow, Paul is like miles ahead of the rest of us we need to go down this path. And so I went down this kind of electronica path and then it was funny. The next day I thought, oh, I've got too far away from writing songs. I need to get back into the songwriting. So a wild kind of diversion halfway through the week. Well, I, I was really pleased to hear you, your two electronic songs. I hope we get to hear a bit of, of, of those because they were fantastic. But interestingly, I also, same thing, next day I was like, ooh, I'm getting my guitar out and I'm going to sing this kind of song with my guitar now. You know, Get back to some chords and melody. That's it, that's it. Shall we hear a little bit of Scott's, uh, you know, meandering off into electronica? Definitely. This was Scott's Wednesday song. It's called Blue Wednesday. We're going up and back down, moving around, traveling the deep blue sea. We're spinning round and back down, down to the ground, all the little fishes and me.
I think this is what was also really interesting about the challenge is that I wrote that and hated it and I didn't get to sleep that night and I was furious with myself and I didn't really listen to it the next day. Um, and did everyone else listening to it afterwards, they people seem to really like that I one. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it, it yeah, so which is much. Really like, which is really lovely. But for it's me, such a bop. Yeah, yeah, the energy's so good. But when I was writing it late at night by myself trying to get through, I, I remember finishing it feeling quite unhappy with it. And I actually just cut that song off halfway through. It actually cuts off halfway through the group, which I think was my way of just kind of turning it off and wanting to go to bed. But um, we, were, we were all dancing in our chairs just then when we were playing it. I reckon that would be great. You're in the club, you're dancing away and then oh, it just stops. Everyone's going to like trip over. You it know? just has the most abrupt ending ever. And that was you trying to do something interesting, right? Well, that was me trying to also do something interesting, but I think, I think I was angry at myself, but it kind of just goes to show that the challenge really is about that listening back piece. Mm. So like the, the songs that I was, the, I know just from my own personal experience that songs that people of mine that they resonated with, for me, I was not sure at the time that they would be. Um, and likewise, I think I know listening to some of yours, Paul, I mean, the things that I really responded very well to, I know that you know they probably wouldn't be at the top of your list either. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think it just goes to show how uh, the experience of the week has kind of influenced everybody as they went along. I just had like this, this, this I don't know why, I just thought, oh, let's try something electronic because it was different. But I think, to be honest, I was inspired by what I'd already heard on the first day, this f- fantastic variety of songs. And that made me think, oh, I've got to write something different to normal. Otherwise, it'd be another, you know, guitar and lyrics kind of song. You wanted um, to beat everybody. No, you no, were thinking of it as a competition, th- th- Paul. Th- this is this and is you definitely won. <laughs> <laughs> no, th- 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 this is a challenge, and uh, we're all winners. Uh, so, That's but right. th- but the thing was, but writing it, I also felt a little bit uncertain. But it was nice to hear that you thought it was okay. But what really pleased me was then the next day, you guys coming back with your electronic songs, and that was again different to what what you normally do. Are we are we going to get to hear a little bit of your one, Ryland? Sure. Um, let's hear a little bit of. Uh, my Wednesday song, which is called Take Your Time Today. I'm I'm like flying I'm gliding in a pod over the top of the Tyrell Corporation's headquarters in in 2196 or whatever it is when I listen to that it's just brilliant and totally inspired by Firefall <laughs> and we should have told people to put their headphones on listening to this because there's some really nice width in that yeah uh, I could really hear the panning and um, mm. the thinking you were doing around that as well I definitely got a bit carried away during the week with my post production I wasn't just trying to write a song I was trying to yeah. Pan so, stuff. Yep. So headphones on, folks. That's that's the message. Um, I thought while we're on the topic of um, experimentation, Firefall and the kind of electronica diversion was definitely um, a key point of the week. But uh, I thought I'd also call out um, and play a bit of one of John Watson's songs. So John is a musician in Melbourne, um, not a huge songwriter, um, more of a, but has played in many, many bands. Um, great sly guitarist, um, uh, grew up on the blues and his first song was very much a blues song. Uh, and his 
next song uh, went down a kind of jazz route. So this is Walking Not By Myself by John Watson with a couple of bass guitars. so exciting for me to hear a bass off that was just excellent yeah two basses and some jazz jazz drums there was i think as well with the experimentation if i could just actually talk about some of your songs jazz one thing i really liked so jazz so most of your songs you wrote on the ukulele mm-hmm. and it wasn't in this not these um you know i think ryland was getting to bed at about 2 a.m most nights with all of his production and his panning but of course we you know with the challenge not everyone has that liberty so i think you were playing all your first few songs on the ukulele but I was wondering if we could queue up your Wednesday song because I think your Wednesday song was also, if I understand yourself on the ukulele, that the way that you played it and approached the instrument just had such a different um, sound and aura to the first two songs you had on the first day. And I think... It didn't sound at all like a ukulele. It didn't sound like a ukulele. And it was only in the comments section when you started explaining what it was, I think we realised what it was. So I think that would be a really good example of another really experimentative idea that... And I think that it definitely inspired a lot of the the group to kind of keep pushing on with the with the theme. And would you like to say anything about it first, or should we hear a bit of it first? Let's jump right in. This is "Shadows in the Closet" by Jasmine on Wednesday. one so did you feel when you were writing that one that you were doing something different because to i mean the ukulele is a very joyous instrument and when i heard it the word that came to my mind was spooky and then jumping on and looking at the comments from other people i saw five other people had said wow so spooky (laughs) which you don't normally think of with a ukulele yeah i guess i was just there noodling around trying to get a sound that was different that moved me and I'd done a few joyous boppy type numbers earlier in the week because ukulele does lend itself to that so it was just listening uh, and then trying to find the words to express the creepy sound that I managed to get out of it. Oh that's fantastic so we're still talking about how we were experimenting here one of the things that everybody did a lot of uh, was experimenting with drones that's right, Paul. Uh, we 
we mentioned we were going to talk about this. So uh, I'll play a bit of Nick Craft's song. So Nick Craft, uh, you can look him up on Spotify if you want to hear a bit more of his music. He's got an excellent album called Minerva from 2018. Uh, and this is a bit of his first song, his Monday song, which he used a drone for. Should we pause to explain what a drone is? Yeah, yes, that's a good idea. So a drone is a note or chord that is held and remains constant through most or all of a piece. So that's what we're listening for here. So Nick was the first one to use a drone and this is his song called Someday Your Luck Runs Out. Uh, and with this drone he did this on a synthesizer and it had this, this beautiful random blip that came in every 10, 15 seconds and just interplayed with the song as he played an acoustic guitar over the top. his drone on Monday and I think everyone at this table was inspired by that mm -hmm. and we all had to go at our own drone. So shall we hear some of the other drones from the week? Um, so Paul, you had a, you had quite a, um, an atmospheric drone. This was your Sunday song called Row the Boat. Oh, yeah. also did a drone on Sunday. I, I did, but I, I, made, I made, got it wrong. So I didn't realize you could make a drone with a synthesizer. So I just had a really distorted guitar chord and just kind of snipped a clip of it. So mine actually pulsed, but I used that pulse as the inspiration for the song. So yeah. That's great. That's a drone. Mm. Let's, let's hear Scott's drone uh, on Voyager 2, your Sunday song. snip of that drone. I never realised that was a guitar until you explained mm. it just then. It sounded like a synthesizer. And I just really loved how it matched with the theme of the song and it, yeah, it really spoke to me, that one. Richard, the theme of that song, wasn't it, about the fact that it's Voyager 2 is way out there in the, in, the, in the far reaches of the universe and it's a little bit forlorn sending its little signals back which were like the pulses on the, on the drone. Yeah, and I think that it kind of speaks to how the challenge worked is you had one idea and as soon as you had an idea, you had to run with it. So for me, I, I couldn't work how to make a drone sound on my synthesizer, so I just took a guitar snip. It had a bit of a pulse to it. And I'm like, oh, that could be a spaceship dying. So I'm like, okay, great. That's the song. Keep going, keep going. Um, my drone was a little different. I, I didn't use a synth. I used a, an Indian instrument called a tampura um, and mixed it with another Indian instrument, a harmonium. 
this is what I came up with. And I was very inspired by Nick with putting a gentle acoustic guitar over the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jasmine, you did a different type of drone again. Do you want to explain it before we hear a bit of it? Yeah, so mine's a lot more hidden and a lot less obvious. So it's more about the chord progression that I used pivoting around a particular note. So there's this held F note in a sense that is there hidden in those middle middle layers. But I was actually looking for that in the door, so the digital audio workstation when I was creating it because I'd heard this drone bounce around and I was like, yeah, okay, I want to get a bit of that in. So this was... Uh your Thursday song, I think. Is that right? Day five. Day five. So this was Wrinkle in Time. Mm. Finally, Nick himself, the instigator of the drone, returned to the drone himself later in the week. Perhaps heard, uh, perhaps inspired by what we, what the rest of us were doing. Um, so here's Nick's final song, uh, "Zero Sum Game." different drones Mm. and thanks to nick for starting it and finishing it yeah yeah inspired by himself in the end yeah that's right (laughs) well indirectly through the rest of us i think there was a bit of that going around that we obviously shown in the last bit of the discussion how we were all kind of inspired about about what what other people were doing but uh, i don't know about you but i certainly had cause to reflect back on what i'd done earlier in the week and that had that also helped particularly getting towards the end of the week when I was finding it a little harder to, to come up with the new ideas. How did everybody else experience that in terms of both learning from or being inspired by other people's songs or by what they'd done? I mean, I, I, I reckon a lot of the songs that uh, people came up with were really cool and the writers must have felt a bit of pride and said, oh, actually, that's a bit surprising, a bit different. Any, any, any thoughts on that? So much beautiful diversity through the week. As, you, as the listeners have probably heard, everyone's doing something totally different. And while we're being inspired by one another, you're hearing bass-offs, you're hearing spooky ukulele songs, disco dance tracks about grooving with the fishies. It's it's awesome. Mm. It was great like hearing so many different things every day. But maybe Scott and I can talk a little bit about the active listening that we were highlighting. Uh, so active listening is listening for all the different song components, whether it's lyrics, melody, harmony, arrangements, production. Um, and it's something you can train yourself to do, to listen to those different parts of a song. And one podcast I really love is Strong Songs with Kirk Hamilton. And that is really, I think, where I learned 
most of my active listening skills. And if you start from the beginning of his podcast, he's breaking down these awesome pop songs, why they are strong songs, as he calls them, um, and what makes them so. So um, having this chance to listen to all these great songwriters and comment on their works means that you're actually listening for those little special things in their songs that you really love, which is a great way of also identifying those things so you can add them to your own songs down the track. Yeah, that was the thing I think that um, that surprised me most about the challenge was the emphasis upon listening to others and the reflecting back. So for context, so there was 12 of us in the challenge and I think probably most days we probably averaged about getting nine or ten songs out as a group. Um, and so to give yourself ten new songs to listen to in a day and then having to meanfully, you know, give feedback and comment on it, um, it it really forced you to be very listen to music in a way that I typically don't listen to music. I usually am quite a superficial listener of music. So really in, engaging my brain and to really think about what was what they were doing there, what they were trying to get to it as well um, was really special. It, it also really was also really nice though, knowing that people were listening to your music very closely too. So, you know, when it was 1am and I was trying very hard to get a very particular effect working or I was trying with something with a, a chord progression that, I thought was a bit interesting or different for me personally. And I was, it, you know, it might be one of those little things where if you were just playing it to someone on the bus or um, on a, in the pub or wherever people listen to music these days, just it would have gone straight over your head. But to, to play it to another audience of songwriters who are also engaging in that active listening process um, was really rewarding. You knew people were going to pay attention and appreciate what you were trying to do. Everyone was in the same boat. Everyone was under this challenge of trying to come up with something meaningful in a 24-hour period. And um, one of the questions I wanted to ask all the participants, uh, uh, which I'll ask you three because you're here, but um, do you think you're going to take any of these songs that you wrote during the week and use, use them in some other way or develop them further or put them into one of the bands that you're in or anything like that? Absolutely. Uh, I think part of the fun of the seven songs is each day you're just trying stuff out and some days it might not work. Sometimes you come up with something that's, you know, a bit of a flop or whatever. And But that's why it was a nice safe group. Everyone was in the same boat and everyone mm. knew that, yeah, not every idea is going to work but we're all trying different stuff out. Um, like Scott thought his Blue Wednesday song didn't work but I'm really keen to mm. play that in the the band that Scott and Paul and I are in together. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely going to take some of my songs, not all of them, but um, there's a few there that, there that I'm really happy with. I've handed one to my band already to start thinking about. Yeah, and, uh, and I had the experience before where I was uh, <laughs> talking about the Velociraptor song where my friend's grandkiddies are going to get it played to them and I have a feeling that she and I might have to play it live to them. Yeah, I think as well, like this, some of mine, which the song itself won't go anywhere, but the idea really inspired me. So I, like, I was working on another song since that week, um, which is very much based around an idea that I had having written a song, which is nothing about the current one. So definitely taking ideas out of there. And there's another song of mine that I made on the very first day and I'm actually going to, I'm going to redo that from scratch um, with some of the, the ideas I've learned since then. So. I haven't had a chance to do it yet, but I'd like to reach out to some of the other participants to see if I can help build on some of their ideas as well. So we'll see mm. how that goes in time. One of the aspects of songwriting that I found really worked for me during the week that I'm going to take on um, 
is this idea from Jeff Tweedy of Wilco. So he talks about taking lyrics or taking um, different words and phrases, cutting them all up and then kind of pulling them together and and creating your lyrics from that. And I tried that on my Saturday song called What's What Remains where I knew what I wanted to sing about um, but I didn't know how to express that. So I wrote down different phrases connected to that theme, uh, chopped them all up, had about, you know, 50 or 60 little phrases on on little bits of paper and I had my melody and so I'd pick them up at random uh, and play, place them together and see what worked um, and that gave me some interesting phrasing. So I might just play a little excerpt of that if that works. This is What Remains. And then you find Heading for nowhere Listening together May it help I'm trying to be Aware of that And through it all Working on myself If you can just There's still time It hasn't left you It's only begun Soak it all in Focus on things How can you say that it's all done? How can you say that it's all done? Hey, that's, that's deep, man. You're telling me that was just like, you know, things that you chopped up and chucked on the floor and then mixed around. Uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> it was really satisfying because I felt like pulling these random phrases together, uh, yeah, gave more meaning than the sum of its parts. Mm. Um and that was a really satisfying experience that I tried a couple of times during the weekend. Um, was really pleased with the results and something I'm going to try going forward. It was a great technique. I used that one too. And um, even mixed that up with the AI chat GPT idea. So I took some of the results of that, cut that up, remixed it, threw it on the ground and just saw what came out of the paper. It was really lovely. I think my partner thought I was crazy with all these little bits of paper with random phrases scribbled on them. All on the floor. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so we're getting close to the to the end of the episode here. So let's um, just ask everyone if you can quickly tell us, would you do it again, and would you do it any differently? Yes, I definitely do it again. Would I do it differently? Uh, we've we've talked a little bit about whether um, it might be nice to have more than twenty four hours notice to get stuck into it. I'm in two minds about it. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, the spontaneity of it was part of the beauty. Scott? Yeah, I'd definitely do it again. I think I'd want to give it some time before I did it again, though, because I think that it's it was really a bit of a reset for my songwriting brain and I've come out of it with a lot of creativity. Um, and, yeah, I think a couple of songs I made in that week were pretty good, but also I think that it's the real value will be taking that energy and um, moving forward with it, yeah. Yeah, no, I can really relate to that reset thing. I, I felt it was a bit of a, a reservoir of songwriting that I wasn't aware of but I drained it pretty quickly and it probably needs to fill up again, you know, before I'd want to do something like this again. Rylan? Uh, yes, I've done it a few times and really enjoyed it and I'd definitely do it again. Uh, I, I agree I'd want to take a little bit of time before doing it again. It's quite an intense week. Um, it's pretty emotionally demanding uh, but fantastic and very rewarding. But I think it's uh, good to do a, yeah, a reset every now and again because you don't want to get stuck in that kind of same mould of songwriting where – you just sit with an idea for two years. It's mm. good to knock some songs out quickly and, yeah, um, come How up How often do you repeat it, Ryland? Uh, I did it once when I was 16, once when I was 23, once when I was 29 and now once when I'm 31. So it's very random. It's whenever the urge gets me. 
Fantastic. Maybe we should do it a bit more regularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And certainly, hopefully, uh, for listeners, um, if you've been inspired by any of this, get, set it up and do it because it's a it's a really awesome experience, very very inspiring, and I think you'll you'll be surprised at how much you get out of it. And you can do it by yourself. I've done it a couple yeah. of times by myself, but in a group is much better. You get the the added joy of getting to hear mm. what other people are doing and getting inspired by their journeys as well. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shall we go out with a song? Uh, I think we know what song we'd all like to play to finish off with. Um, this was uh, three of our songwriters actually live in the same house. So we've already heard from John Watson, um, but Jane and Nick also live in the same house. Uh, they're a family and we haven't actually heard any songs from Jane and Nick yet. Uh, but the three of them collaborated together on the last day to write a song called Seven Days of Song, which is about the whole experience. certainly summarizes the week perfectly um so i really wanted to thank uh, my guest today jasmine thank you thank you scott thank you and ryland thanks paul yeah it's been a fantastic uh experience to be involved in i was really i really enjoyed being part of it too and yeah give it a go so this is um uh, how did you write that song see you for another episode shortly catch you next time Thank you for tuning in to this episode of How Did You Write That Song? If you liked what you heard, please share with your friends and follow the How Did You Write That Song Facebook page where I'll be regularly providing updates about the show. It'd also be great to get your feedback, so please leave a rating or any comments on Facebook, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Catch you next time. Ryland do? <laughs> no. Oh, what would he so think? Yeah. This one's a bit different. So this one I was drunk. 
Okay. Um, yeah, tell us about what had happened in the lead up to you writing the song, Scott. So in the lead up to writing this song, I finished work on Friday. I was quite exhausted because the night day previously I'd finished at 1.30 writing my song. 1.30am. 1.30am. For the listeners. And so I finished on Friday and I'm like, I've got to go home and write the song. And then um, some people are like, let's go for a quick beer after work. I'm like, okay, I'll go for a quick beer after work. And so... So I'm, I'm going to boost the level of this. I love how long you hold on to the word day for in that song. It just goes and goes and goes. Thank you. And so we had a few beers and a few wines and then kind of... You can tell. Yeah, yeah. And then I was drunkenly walking back to the bus top, singing into my notes app, trying to work out what to do. Um, and seeing these things which in hindsight are just terrible and then went home and tried to write the groove and tried to get the melody to work but the melody I actually wrote drunk didn't work and as I sobered up over the next like four hours it kind of became a bit easier so Uh tell us about some of these train these tube um that we're hearing. Don't worry, I'll boost this. Yeah, so this train uses samples that I found online for free of a Jubilee oh, this bit. London Underground yeah. tube train accelerating. <laughs> um, so it's a train accelerating. Awesome. Yeah, so what I did is that my song on Wednesday, it was very similar, so I had the groove and I had a few kind of bits. I couldn't work out how to tie it into a song. And so I was listening to this song. I thought, wouldn't it be cool if you had like a massive like F1 car or like 747 jet plane taking off over the top of it? And then I found this kind of um, London Underground train noise, which was like electronic and kind of had a bit of like a day in a lifestyle build to it. And it kind of swells and builds. And I had that there. And then right at the end of it, you could hear people getting off the train. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be cool to emphasise the fact that, like, this is someone going to work because it fits the theme of the song yeah. of them going to work in the day. Um, and it says, mind the gap, right in the gap in the song. That was completely coincidence. No, Until that was you told planned. Me that. No, it was not planned. Until you told me that, I had no thought of that. And then once I had that kind of idea of the train loop in the middle, then I went back and changed all the other lyrics to reflect the fact that this is someone going to work in the morning on the train. I love that relationship between the songwriting and the production that you've got going on there and that you're really trying to create a full soundscape and not just a song with lyrics and melody and chords. Yeah, with this one it was so intertwined for you. You were writing the song as you were putting it together. You were kind of writing over the group. Yeah. And that guitar is so iconic. Thank you. And if I was to say one more time, this, this, the reason it fades out well, this way was just because the recordings that I had made just ran out at that point. So that wasn't a stylistic decision to cut out the guitar line, to cut out the bass. It just, I just hadn't recorded it past this point. And so it just naturally finished yeah. there. Yeah. It was a happy mistake. It was completely a mistake, yeah. But it just works. Yeah. Now, that one was good fun. I really liked that one. All right, Jasmine, what was your favourite of your songs? What would you like to talk about? Or Paul, while Jasmine's thinking? Well, um, the uh, the Row Your Boat song, I guess, had a... Um, oh, no, no, the, the Dream Ships. Dream Ships. <coughs> Hang on, let me, let me get Dream Ships up. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. I, I just, again, had this idea of 
you're in this dreamy sleepy world and there's all it's like when you're falling asleep and everything's going round and round and round doesn't this sound so beautiful <laughs> this bit of music ah oh, it's gorgeous so i did a whole lot of loops around with ukuleles funnily enough it's nearly all ukuleles this yeah and then you're drifting off into sleep and then uh you start to get the story of what's actually happening in the dream Beautiful bass sound. Stretching also a ukulele. We've definitely pushed ukuleles to their limit the in this week, haven't we? <laughs> I got real Gillian Welch vibes from this song. Oh, um, but she's I, one of my heroes. Yeah, I've right you, Paul introduced me to her. Um, I. I think this song's fantastic. Was that something that you were deliberately trying to channel? Because I heard Gillian Welsh as well. Oh, no, it wasn't. But I think that she's such a strong influence on my music. It probably happened, you know, subliminally or something. Yeah. Or maybe I maybe I dream about the songs that she writes or the stories that she tells in the songs. Who knows? Maybe. And that, that bit at the start is kind of, I assume that was kind of added on to the start and the end of the song after you had the, because we're kind of into the, the song part of the song. Yeah, know? that's right. Yeah, I, I thought it would be nice Come to have this idea of drifting yeah. into a dream and then at the end maybe drifting out again, maybe not necessarily to wake up or maybe to go to another dream. I'm not sure. These are the dream ships and they, they take you to your destination in the yeah. dream. We'll We're on the dream ship now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> How did you come up with these lyrics? Because... A bit like we were saying before, they don't sound quite as narrative-driven. No. They were more kind of... Uh, but I'll be back home yeah, more kind of uh, impulsive or not impulsive. I don't know what the right word is, but yeah, yeah didn't feel as quite is all that narrative. So this, this very last line is an Edgar Rice Burroughs line. But um, before but that, it was imagining being in a dream. dream. I'm on this ship and there's a storm that's over there, but it's a long way away and I'll, I'll get to where I'm going before it gets me. You know, so it was this kind of like just imagining what it might be like to be inside a dream. Did you come up with a line first that gave you what you were going to sing about or did you have the concept of what you wanted to sing about and then came up with the lines? I just had basically. the dream ships and they were the vehicle to get through the dream, really. So you had the title first. Yeah, yeah basically. Cool. Basically. And now we're back to this gorgeous piece. Yeah, so this is, yeah, just just kind of like drifting out of that dream and maybe into some other one. Or maybe to wake up, I don't know. I really like here how the, the kind of the cloud of noise kind of pushes out everything else. And that was a technique that I definitely like kind of thought for my songs later oh, on, cool. that hearing that kind of wave of, that wave kind of drowning out the other stuff, kind yeah, of making it yeah. kind of subtle and was really cool. Cool. Oh, well, thank you. And I certainly heard it come through in a couple other people's songs too. Jasmine? I talked about quite a lot of my songs in the part one and part two. I can talk a little bit more about a little bit of Elvis in terms of what I was listening for in terms of creating those. Yeah, and we'll play yeah. it while we're doing it. Imitated um, it, ideas. It's so nice to hear the songs. <laughs> uh, yeah, we might have to do a little... So I'd been in these rehearsals doing Elvis songs. I think we'd done five Elvis songs that weekend. So I was just trying to get every little um, 
is what I need I guess today. Elvis concept and, and shove it into a the one song. <laughs> so the chord progressions were ones that we were playing with on the weekend. And I what, just what, 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 what songs were the chord progressions from? Can I? Was feel it, a don't be cruel. The intro, cruel. I think. Yep. And then I filled that out. And then you can hear I'm, I'm using song titles throughout, like um, yeah, "Return to Sender," "Blue Suede Shoes," all of that to try and fill in, in the verse there. And then some of the vocal imitation, which I think with more time. Like that, I'll be trying to bring that out more Ooh, in the performance. Mm. I didn't realise I knew so many Elvis songs until I heard this, and I was like getting all the references. A little bit less conversation. Yeah, I, I didn't realise I knew that many Elvis songs either. <laughs> Did you find you were like jumping onto Spotify or Wikipedia and like searching for more references, or no, this experience of playing there. in the band? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so Paul, can you remember the, any of the other? Oh, we were doing Devil in Disguise. Devil in Disguise. Um, oh God, they, they start to swim in a big soup of Elvis songs to me, though. After a while, so. yeah. Today we did Blue Suede Shoes and Hand Dog. Yeah. Hand Dog. Yeah. Yeah. All those sorts of ones. And Angel. Oh yeah, that was one I hadn't heard before. And you've got a great finish to the song as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Was that kind of improvised or did you have that idea going into it? It actually came from a message that Paul had sent oh. in a chat uh, when we were preparing oh, yeah. for this Elvis impersonator to come into our band and I'd sent out a whole bunch of files or whatever and he was like, thank you very much. And I was like, oh, okay. But now I've just given away the ending of the song. But, you know, <laughs> you might have to cut that bit out and put it back at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and just some of those stylistic things in terms of um, building stacks of harmony, mm. things I tried to squeeze in there. Was this all recorded live? Was this just you playing the you and yeah. singing right into a phone, uh, right into a mic? Yeah, and I think that was the day you said, take a photo of where you write your songs. And I was like, I just can't do it today. I was there in my pyjamas, in my bed at the end of the day with my ukulele going, I've got to smash this out. <laughs> Beds are great places to write songs. Or in front of the TV. I love doing that. Yeah. Mm. Something mindless to distract your, your conscious mind. Mm. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the joy is really there in that song. I just loved writing that so much. Yeah, it's so infectious. It's mm. so you can you can tell that you're singing it with a big smile on your face. So Ryland, what's your favourite song of the week? Um, I really was happy with uh, Overboard. Your Sunday song. Yeah. So this bit at the start is meant to be pretty obvious but it's everyone else's songs kind of collaged together yeah listen to like, this with your headphones on it's like oh my head is swimming with all these ideas and in this i was trying to make sure that you could hear a bit of everybody's voice in there yeah or a bit of everybody's music and so i kind of laid them all over the top of each other and then i listened and i was like all right i can hear paul i can hear jasmine Oh, I can't hear Scott. All right, where's Scott's sample? I need to like move that to a bit where it's got a bit more space. Um, and that's and that's that's a thing that you use quite a lot with your songs. So that heavy production, playing things backwards, laying them over each other, use use that. That's this is not the first time you've done that, is it? Oh, I was very tempted to put them all backwards, but Paul's Firefall was the only song I sampled that I reversed. Okay. Because um, it kind of sounded the same backwards and forwards. Yeah. But we're now, we're now hearing this. 
this uh, Im- impression of your songwriting and your experiences at the end of the week, and and you're worried about how sometimes you go overboard. I mean, is that that was a, how the theme in the song, wasn't it? Yeah. But you've got this really stripped back, just you and your guitar, which is which is the opposite of that. Yeah. Well, I was. Um, I guess I was thinking about how in the week I'd been aware that I was piling all these instruments and all this kind of production onto my songs and I was like, is it really a song or is it more of like a, am I focused too much on the production? I was spending maybe two hours writing and then five hours recording. And so I was like, am I being true to the kind of concept of the, the week um, or am I going overboard? Um, but yeah, this one was really interesting in that I had had a really late night on the Saturday. Despite it being a Saturday, I'd still ended up being up at 3 a.m. finishing my song. I was like, how did this happen? I didn't have to work tonight. Um, and then I woke up really early the following morning with this melody in my head um, being like, and just the idea of being like, oh, why do I write songs so late at night? And um, yeah, I started hearing this melody for that. Why do I write so music so late at night? And then I was like, oh, that sounds like quite a good melody and I could kind of hear what chords went yeah. over it. God, I'm going so overboard in this part. So this, this is great, shut up. Though. I'm actually going to ask you because so the theme of this song is going overboard and it's very lovely and stripped back in the, in the verse and the chorus, you kind of do layer on a bit of effects. Was that, again, that thing about having the production inspire the songwriting at the same time? Like, was that deliberate of you to, to, to layer it over to match the theme? Yeah. Well, I had this um, kind of nice guitar part and I was like, it doesn't really need anything more than that. But also, I am tempted to turn it into a full band song again. Um, and yeah, with that part, I was putting on like one guitar, and then I was very quickly being like, oh, one more guitar line, let's put one more. And there was a point where I had like four guitars on that kind of chorusy bit, and I was like, this is ridiculous. And I was like, oh, but it's a part of the song, I've got to do it, yeah. I've got to try and find a spot for them all. And the vocal harmonies are just so lush, I really love them. Ah, oh, thanks. Um, yeah, but it was um, it was an awesome experience of kind of waking up and being like, oh, cool, I've got like the verse part and then I was like hidden in one part of my house while my partner was sleeping, like just yeah. whispering into a phone and I was like, oh, while I'm here, I should try and write like the chorus and like a middle section. And yeah. so I had kind of the idea of what I wanted to sing about and like just quickly like threw down some different ideas and then um, once it was a more sensible hour of the morning and I could make some noise, I like went back to it and like, kind of pasted them all together. I really liked your last line as well because it left me with a lot of questions about that relationship you have with your father. Um, he just loved staying up really late at night. Um, he was always like going to bed at like four or five and I was like, wow, this week I really am doing that. I'm, you know, I'm up at 3 a.m. playing music, which is exactly what he was doing, staying up late, just like listening and playing music. Mm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was more of kind of a – meant to be more of like a comical line being like, why do I always write music so late at night? Yeah, <sighs> I remind yeah. myself of my dad. But <laughs> it had a bit of poignancy to it, I guess, as well. Very yeah. relatable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>